Hi, I'm Maisie Williams, and you're listening to First Time Thrones. Dragon's done, it's finished, it's over. Uh, and Jack Hanks is with me to talk about it all. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, sad, sad that it's over. Um, we and watch sad, tonight. The, the, wait, the wait for the next season is so long as well. It's a farce. Devastating. Uh, I, hope uh, that, that, I hope this is the longest gap between seasons we have yeah. because they have just been hedging their bets a bit with the popularity of it just to see if it worked because imagine they commissioned a season two right off the bat and it wasn't successful yeah you know what i mean which is a very real concern with how yep. game of thrones ended but oh, like 100%. yeah at this point the finale was hbo's uh, highest viewed episode i think since the game of thrones uh finale uh so fair play to them they've done a yep. good job done a good yep. job overall with the season are you happy oh delighted loved it um, sort of saying, I, I, speaking about it earlier, was saying about how important a role the house Targaryen holds um, throughout, you know, the world, and that we don't really see it in Game of Thrones all that much, and it's all this kind of mythical stuff. So to see it, kind of in action, um, yeah. you know, the the wealth and the power of the dragons is like. Unbelievable, um, and yeah, I think it's just been done really, really well for yeah. the first season. Like blown away, honestly. Hundred percent. And obviously, the last episode focused in the Greens. We had the Green Council. This one was called the Black Queen. We're just getting the action sort of exclusively on Dragonstone, which I think was really good because I've been saying to you throughout the entirety of the run how on the Greens I was, I was pro Greens. You know what I mean? Like I'm, re- I'm ready to a fucking um, send them into power here, but. Nah, like this episode was perfectly timed, got me back in Renee's sort of side, and it it starts brilliantly because you got Renee's fresh off off of doing her trek and donkey thing, yeah. Um, in the past episode, the Rising Dragonstone, <laughs> and she sort of tells them about uh, Viserys's death, and I love this scene because like a lot of people point out how stupid Damon is immediately, like it's murder. And he's like ready to go to war. And he's uh, like, like oh, they must have killed this man who was clearly in his deathbed the last time I saw him. Um, and then Venera's <laughs> like, oh. Um, but at that point, Renice goes to sort of walk away. She's like, look, I only came to tell you, like, I don't really want any part in this. But yeah. at that point, Renera goes into pregnancy, uh, like, or labor, um, a water break. <laughs> um, and Renice is like, well, I can't leave now. <laughs> <laughs> like, <sorry. laughs> it's it's obligation there to stay now. It was a good opening, though, wasn't it? Oh no, excellent. Um, yeah, no, a really good scene. I think, and I, I think for you, it's going back to that um, the pro green argument. Like, I think you just like it when people play the game. So, Aye. you were a fan of of the high towers because you could tell right from the off and how how schemey. Um, like auto. auto was so yeah. I think you were just swayed by that, you know. But at the end of the day, you can tell on fucking. It's it's now the sons, uh, it's Alison's sons that are letting that side down. Uh, oh. Just with how fucking cocky they are, and 
the worst. Me. But uh, I mean, for sure. Oh, Bob was attacking. <laughs> it's a myth that man thinks he can control a dragon and also control dogs. And yes. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unreal. But yeah, Eamon is really starting to kind of grow on me as uh, from that side. I think he's been a really good villain uh, mm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, as well. And I think that's, uh, again, it's just really set up brilliantly for, for a second season and so on. Like, oh, again, yeah. um, I'm always a. I'm always saying how more content is, is good content normally. Mm. Uh, this is where I was speaking about um, the comparison with Marvel and how quickly Marvel's churning out all this shit. Yeah. That's what I'm worried, you know. Um, George R. R. Martin was saying he wants to become, you know, like he wants it to become. That yeah. worries me slightly that we might get too much too quickly rather Aye. than having, you know, maybe every what six it? months or something. Yeah, or even one at a time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not in a rush, like, um, Sweeney, you know, despite the fact that he's you no know, cared to join us tonight, wanted to discuss some of the spin-offs that have been proposed, but we have seen that the, the Jon Snow series is uh, picking up some momentum. We've seen stuff about the sort of um, Children of the Forest sort of stuff. Um, and the big one that's doing the range right now is um, um, the Corvus Valarian prequel series. Um, is, is the big one that I've saw that looks to be going into production next. So there's a couple of spin-offs on the horizon, but I'm like you, I hope that it's not it's not too much because, like you say, Marvel, it has been a bit... It, even Star Wars, to an extent, it's just it's too much all the time, isn't it? Aye, exactly. Um, there's just been too many shows now that I'm not asked about, like even kind of right off the bat I'm like oh don't really know if I fancy that and then when it was slower shows like for Hawkeye for example wasn't really bothered about the Hawkeye show and then when I watched it was mm-hmm. then when I watched it was actually really impressed with it um, yeah but I think now that there's shows that are coming out so quickly that if I'm not asked about them I then don't go take the time to actually watch them She-Hulk for example and Miss Marvel and stuff yeah totally Totally. And you know I'll just catch you up on them anyway, but <laughs> but um, we have this Renera and she has this. I think this is actually it mirrors what happened to her mother in the first episode, but in many ways this was more horrific, the stillbirth. Um I thought that was one of the most horrible scenes I've seen portrayed in any sort of Game of Thrones show, uh, to be yeah, honest with you. That was pretty yeah, pretty intense. Um yeah. And yeah, to be uh, yeah shown so graphically as well, you know, mm. which could have been easily implied, but that is something that Game of Thrones likes to do, doesn't it? Totally, and we get we get the sort of this is the initial conflict between Damon and Rhaenyra coming to the forefront because she's fucking doing stillbirths all over the place, you know what I mean? And he's trying to take control, like. Yeah, like getting the war sort of set up and stuff like that, and the you can see there's a sort of like. Uh, struggle for power there, like even yep. when he has the two king's guards um, outside with the dragon sort of hat hovering over them, which I thought was a great scene and a great show of power. Um, like, and is really great for Damon as a character. But like, even going forward, like to the bit where Damon sort of strangles Renita when she tells him about the Song of Ice and Fire, like mm-hmm. it's clear that this is not going to be the sort of like love story that I think a lot of fans were sort of like shipping them to be early doors. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know too much about the relationship in the book, um, but uh, you can see, like you say, the power struggle there, um, mm. and Damon's kind of um, call to war that he constantly kind of has. You know, he, he mm. he's always been uh, wrathful. Um, well, that's Damon. a great word. Yeah. Wrathful. Wow. Well, a very good, very strong biblical word there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a Crusader King's word, to be fair. It's one of the personality traits that you get. <laughs> of course it is, of course it is. Yeah, you can see that, that difference there. And Renira's got so much in her hands. And like, I, I do love the role, uh, <laughs> excuse me, the, I, I do love the introduction to what the women's role is. Um, in Game of Thrones, and like, I think it's had a, a tough time. Game of Thrones, particularly in its first seasons mm. um, of the of the, obviously the initial, um, and it got a bad rap for how it was depicting women and stuff. And you know, I still, yeah. still, to be honest, a lot of the time support a lot of that, and it doesn't need it really. Mm. Um, but to to show how gritty and how horrible this world world is. Mm. Both in real life and in you know Westeros, um, I think it's important that they, they speak about how the battlefield for women is her body and stuff. I think mm. what they've done really well is show these really, really, um, you know, gruesome and, and horrible moments that mm. can happen to a woman. Um, yeah. You know, that's something that's so exclusive to women, other than men. Well, men totally. fucking try and start the wars. <laughs> exactly. exactly it was such a good contrast as well like, like mm-hmm. you say the battlefield that Rhaenyra's fighting that Damon doesn't even go through while he's just playing with his toys you know what I mean I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but the best toy of all uh, is Eric and I like the sort of twins in each side dynamic uh, yep. Here, uh, the Hardy boys splitting up, fighting each other uh, in Westeros. Uh, he brings Viserys' crown uh, to Renera, which is a really nice touch because I think I was I was shocked to see Otto in this episode. Um, but when he showed up in the bridge uh, again and saw Renera come in on Dragonback wearing Viserys' crown, there, that was the moment where he he was kind of like oh shit because he seemed pretty confident for the most part yeah. but when he saw that crown he's like maybe this is a symbol of legitimacy after all yeah uh yeah actually it wasn't even where i thought you were going with that um but yeah he was pretty confident he's he's always been kind of confident i think the the only time we've seen him flap a wee bit was when Viserys initially sacked him uh, <laughs> and somehow he made his way back you know um, that was the only time we seen him kind of flapped after that yeah he's been he's been pretty dead on um, with everything that he tried to do I don't know if he thought that I can't remember what he actually says but he, he is of the impression that when he had hands these terms to Renato that she'll accept them because of something mm. and obviously I think it was something to do with Alison and their bond or something. He gives her a page out of a book. Um, yeah, that, I was like, that seems very, very weak. <laughs> a weak bargaining chip here. Yeah. Um, I thought like, yeah, yeah, like my son's king, you're a fucking nothing uh, have this piece of paper <laughs> I know and uh, I, get, I get it's meant to represent like their childhood they spent like sort of reading enough, together and stuff like that strong enough is it really but you can um, see you can see she thinks about it because you got to remember her and Alison's relationship at this point 
is better than it's been throughout most of the runs since yeah, Alison married her dad, do you know what I mean? Come on. She's she has been handed this crown now. Um mm. she's came dragon handed to come meet Otto, who you know, she's she's no she's no intention of killing him. So Probably should have done. I don't know why. You know, she should have ended the it whole there. stage down, man. Right, yeah. that, how I should end the YouTube channel is going to have a field day with that scene. Like, just, <laughs> just Christine Cole burnt to a fucking crisp. Oh, man. Christine Cole. Um, cool, man. Honestly, get him to fuck. Uh, he's the worst. He's, the yeah, he's, he's a terrible actor, I think. I don't know. Like, I don't know what he is. Wasn't that bothered about him in the first kind of season, like the first season, first kind of episode? Um, uh, by the end, of it, oh my god! All, not only because he's just general fucking fickleness and the <laughs> fact that he just cha- changes his allegiance at a drop of a hat, he doesn't really care. Like what the fuck is going on? He's just like, I need a female to protect. Uh, yeah, he's just I fucking hate him. Uh, but yeah, he's the acting in it is, is killing my soul a bit as well now. Um, I don't know. I think he's doing a good job of being hated. Like whatever he's doing, like it's working because I absolutely. I, do, I don't know him. because I just I, I went from kind of liking him as in like I wanted to like the character, and then I went, oh, hold on. And it's not just because he was protecting Alison, because Alison's a fucking babe. So, uh, uh, Alison is. Yeah. Like, I, I still well, like Alison a bit. Oh, an awful lot. Uh, despite the fact her son, she's not a bad. She's not a, a, like a villain. There's no way, you know. She's done uh, actually a nice, a nice woman. Yeah, we'll see. Had but... just been dealt a bad hand with the the state that our, our sons have turned out. You know? <laughs> yeah, because it was Someone been had... easy to have created a, you know, a really inbred fucking. Well, not that it mm. doesn't happen anyway, but um, a really inbred family that the Targaryens mm. are so used to and you know it would have been yeah. like Viserys' firstborn daughter mm-hmm. and her family with his second mm-hmm. family um, yep. and that would have been Targaryen lore you know that would have so be, it could yeah. have been easily solved Otto just had to stick his fingers in Aye. and be thinking about it 100% 100% Lord Strong as well sure listen to Lord Strong from the yeah. beginning we see when he's in the tent saying, oh, I suppose she should marry your son. I'm kind of thinking, well, if you'd done that, Viserys would have solved a lot of issues down the line, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Just marry them. But you said so, she, Alison was dealt a bad hand, so was Lord Corliss. He's shown up with a lump now. Um, you know, he's, he's in bed. And I honestly think that Corliss and uh, Rhaenys are my favourite Talkies, talky actors this season. Just, uh, yeah. just the two scenes really between them, just chatting, and she's by his bedside. And this is this is where we see the turn, basically, of Renice, because and I, we spoke about this the very first, first or second episode, how bitter she was, mm. and she didn't let on to it. She never said it, but I think Eve best performance portrayed how bitter she was that Renera is has been named heir when she was the queen that never was. You know, yeah. and I saw someone compare her. So, someone said she's the Hillary Clinton of Westeros. We all know that she should have been in power. <laughs> it just never happened. Um, but she defends Renee at Corvus uh, and basically says, "Look, like I know that you that you don't like this girl. There's some suspicion about her son's death, but when all the men around her are calling for war, she's the only one keeping the Seven Kingdoms in peace right now." Mm-hmm. And I, I like that reasoning. Just like yeah. that recognition, finally, of 
Rhaenyra, she's not this wee girl anymore, you know, who was riding in Dragonback to Dragonstone when her dad told her not to. Like, she's a very composed yep. woman who gets her respect. And I thought I thought this was just a great scene between the two of them. Yeah, I, I've loved their, their bits, to be fair, as well. Um, but I've, I've particularly liked how Rhaenys' character has changed... Mm-hmm. Um, but not even changed. She's not changed at all, really. I think they both grew. They both uh, grew. She's grew, grew to like Renina and and respect her in a way uh, that yeah, I think their relationship is what is um, keeping keeping their side steady. You know, like yeah. fall, like keeping it from falling into ruin effectively because on the hands of men, uh, the black side will fucking crumble. You've got mm-hmm. Damon and Corlys, you know, buttonhead. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that, really. Like, <laughs> God's going to get fucking done. Nah. Uh, so, aye, Renice and, and uh, Renera, that, that little kind of team um, of wise women is is really, uh, yeah, doing something yeah. really turning the tide, I suppose. Uh, oh, yeah, you had to go there. You had yep. to go there. <laughs> I really, really hope, and I said this during the episode, that she names Renice Hand of the Queen. Hand of the Queen. I just think that'd be unreal, like if, yeah. if that was to happen. That's my dream. But um, yeah, they're they're keeping keeping the black steady. Um, but they have the scene after that around the table, and basically, Jaceres uh, and Lucerys are like, "Look, you're right. We need to secure allies. Um, House Arryn, House Stark, and House Baratheon, all named all classic houses of Game of Thrones." Yep. So. Uh, we see just series he's sent off like okay go to the veil uh, and then go to winterfell uh, you know because they think the veil is going to be sort of like a given uh, it seems to be mm-hmm. um but then winterfell is going to be a bit of a tougher one and i've been told from the books that just series has a good relationship uh, and they end up like a really good friendship with whoever is at the helm of winterfell when a ned starts descendants uh, mm-hmm. at this time so it'll be good to meet the, are you excited about the return to winterfell for season two Ah, that'll be good. Just oh. all of it, mate. Just all of it. It's so good, isn't it? It's Aye. just difficult even to, like, what's even the point in doing a podcast? It's just brilliant. That's <laughs> all I need to say. Um, <laughs> nah, for sure, like, uh, Winterfell was where we started. Um, and, you know, there is a sense of home there. Everybody at one point has properly rooted for how Stark, you know. Yeah. There's no way you haven't. Unless you're a freak. <laughs> you're, not, you're just like loving the Lannisters. Like, oh, that's incest, man. It's just really what it's doing for me. It's doing it for me. Like, if I was in Game of Thrones, I'd be a Lannister. Like, what? I want to be the really, really rich cunts, but we all shag each other. The Tyrells, man. They were always my high. I love the Tyrells. We need some Tyrell action in this series, man. But well, see, I'll... I've always been Baratheon, and, you know, like... Oh, oh it's hard, hard to watch, you know. You had a bad week this week. <laughs> bastards, man. I love how this is the bit that was the problem where I Stan is burning his daughter at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I didn't actually like the 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 brothers, the Spinathian brothers, those three. But I like, um, I like Robert to be fair. Robert back but... in season one, like people talk about Sean Bean leaving. And they're like that was like a tough loss and stuff like that. See the guy, see Robert as a character. See if you go back and watch some of those scenes, uh, like especially he has a scene with Cersei where they talk about their relationship. 
Like, and that sounds like the most boring scene that no. anyone can point out in Game of Thrones, but it speaks to the power, how powerful this show is and the dialogue when it's done right is excellent. That that scene is electric and helps you view Cersei in a different way. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, oh, God, we can geek out of a Game of Thrones all day. But anyway, Jaceus is going north. Uh, is like, trusted with a wee, a wee jaunt across the water, uh, <laughs> across from Dragonstone to Storm's End. Um, as you know from Game of Thrones, how close those two places yep. are. Um, but he meets with Lord Boris, so you might as well just cast the same actor as Robert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, the most Baratheon-looking man in the planet. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, the camera pans round and we see that Aemond is, he's also there. Um, with a new betrothed, it looks like. It looks like he's going to be marrying one of uh, Lord Boris's daughters. So, yep. getting some more Baratheon action. She'll be in King's Landing, uh, maybe wheeling and dealing a bit next season. We'll need to see. But Lord Boris is basically like, look, <laughs> um, Aemond is going to marry one of my daughters. What are you offering? And then Lucius <laughs> is like, well, my mum just said you have to remember your allegiance. And Boris is like, nah, nah, mate. Uh, <laughs> on you go. I um, was screaming at the telly. I was like, just fucking marry somebody off like marry yourself uh, off or like whatever he's too too loyal too loyal to um i think it's reina that he's engaged to mm. yeah reina's the younger of the two sisters no no but... sorry it was me joffrey it was who i was thinking of sorry i was like I ah, off. yeah he couldn't didn't think in his feet i'm forgetting there's like, more brothers <laughs> you have you have so many brothers boy <laughs> uh, you married two of them like, like just keep I up think, in it to be fair by that point he's nearly 11 or something you know, oh, wait a few years, you know. A hundred percent. You know what Game of Thrones is like. Oh, God. Like, yeah, you're, you're right, actually, and they end up are off to suffer them a dragon at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> Enough floating about. Um, but um, Eamon's channels his mother um, and <laughs> sort, of just, sort of demands another eye. You know, I don't know what else with people. What about the sapphire and eye, but how class was that? Oh, I've almost forgot about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, like, that, that is the coolest thing in the planet. <laughs> like that is the coolest thing in the planet. So class, man. I mean, if Gordon Brown had been going out with that on, man, like he never would have lost prime ministership of the UK, man. People would have been voting for him to this day. Like that's, that's what you need. A sapphire eye. You're not got an eyeball. <laughs> what a random person they have said there. It's the only person I can think think of with a glass eye. Um, but it's, oh, it's, Gordon Brown's a glass eye. Ah, that's the reference. <laughs> like, right, I genuinely just thought you just wanted to go with a previous prime minister. Was like, no, that was being prime minister. Got some like American listeners that are always like, is either Gordon Brown or Dean, Dean Shields? And there's no way that they know what Dean Shields is. Like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, Lucerius is obviously averse to giving away his eye. Um, so <laughs> Boris is like, listen, I really can't be arsed with this. He says he doesn't want any fighting in his chamber, but he strikes me as the type of guy who just doesn't want to clean it up. So he's like, look, just leave it. And then I think we get one of the, the most defining scene of this show so far, to be honest with you. Um, Lucerius leaving in his dragon the shot in the clouds, the lightning strikes, um, and then you see Vagar, like, a tower and above him. And there's major Star Wars vibes here as well. It's like Aye. three rebel ships, like, and then you see, like, an Imperial Star Destroyer, like, coming above it just to show the scale like, and the difference. And you get this, this scene, like, he's running away, and it looks like he's got away. And Eamon says to Vagar, like, basically stop it, but... The dragon's not listening, as has been sort of alluded to 
earlier by Viserys, who becomes wiser by the day, the more things that happen in this show. Uh, <laughs> men can't control dragons, and uh, poor Arax and Viserys are indeed eaten in the end uh, by Vhagar. <laughs> Absolutely um, scrand. Scrand. What did you make of this like entire sequence? Just beautiful, wasn't it? Ah, oh, brilliant. Unbelievable. So well shot. Like, the best, easily the best dragon content we've had. Mm. Like, we've never had really dragons fighting each other or that. I'm just trying to think. Never, never. Pretty, pretty sure we've not had that yet. And obviously, Dance of the Dragons. Knew it was coming. Knew what the setup was going to be. Um, but fucking so brilliantly done. And for the... <coughs> excuse me. For the books to be, like, from point of view of somebody who wasn't actually there... It's great that they've decided to use Aemond. Like, like it, it's written that Aemond killed Lucerys, you know? Mm. But they don't know what actually happened. And yeah. Vhagar disobeying, is, you know, um, disobeying Aemond and him just absolutely scaring him. And yeah. that look, the shot that they get of Aemond obviously just looking like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Excellent. Because it could have been very easy for Aemond to have just been like, let's go kill him. And yeah. that would be it. And he's the villainous cunt that he is, you know. But mm-hmm. he's came across so villainous now, and then you just see this vulnerability when he actually done something that you know he really shouldn't have done. hundred uh, percent. And it's like his mum as well, because like Alison has started the war or the succession debate purely by accident, but also because she believes it's the right thing. Like she believes that full heartedly. Um, that her husband wanted uh, Aegon to be king of the Seven Kingdoms. And it's kind of similar thing here. Like, this is basically an older cousin bullying their younger cousin up until this point. You know what I mean? Like, maybe to a higher degree, because I do think he actually wants his eye. But the fact that the war has been started purely by misunderstanding and complete accident, to me, I've seen a lot of people online who... First of all, like if you don't think this is good TV, like I really don't know what to say because <laughs> you're you're just wrong. Um, but I, also, you must be, live a really like yeah. sad, weird life. If a life of just constant criticism. <laughs> yeah, like who likes to be that critical all the time? Like obviously be critical, but like when something's good, man, just embrace it. Like not nothing's going to be perfect, but um, I digress. Anyway, but also people have said that oh, they think that it all being accident lessens the stakes of it, and I couldn't disagree more. Like, the fact that it's all accident makes everyone still sympathetic. And there are stories where I want clear good right and wrong. Right, if I'm watching wrestling, right, I want to know who's the bad guy, who's the good guy. Who do I cheer and who am I doing? Even in Star Wars, for the most part, who's the Empire, who's the Jedi, you know what I mean? Like, it's all great. But with Game of Thrones, the beauty of it is that no one's completely perfect and no one's completely... Um, terrible, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we've obviously had in the past, like, our Ramsay Boltons and our Joffreys and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. for the most part, there are so many shades of grey to our characters, and that's why we enjoy them. Like, Alison, she's heading up this, like, opposition to Renata, but when you've said it yourself, no one says she's a bad person, despite the fact we know we're about to be looking for the blacks. Like, Damon is married to Renata, like, is the, is the closest ally she has, and yet is choking her in this episode and clearly has been a piece of shit like throughout the show at many different points. You know yep. what I mean? So I don't get why, I don't know where you stand on that, if you agree or do you agree that there should be more sort of firm lines drawn with the sort of right and wrong? 
No, absolutely not. No, in a, in a world like this, again, it takes what we have in real life, which is fucking ho- the worst horrible people. You know, mm. like we can't run away from the fact that they're just horrible people and horrible ideals, mm. uh, and you know, and supporters of that. And then we have, of course, you know, humanitarian people, and you know, a completely different ideal. And it's just it's showing that uh, in the world, everybody has to draw. You know, everybody has to fall somewhere on the scale. You know, mm. um, yeah. and this is just a in, a in a world, obviously, where there's fucking Walking Dead and <laughs> um, you know, steels that can shatter shit and. Yeah. Swords that can shatter shit and dragons. Um, you know, yeah. it's giants. We're allowed to, you know, like I don't know, they're I suppose allowed to get away with being murderers and stuff like that because of the the context. environment that they're living in. You know, yeah, what I mean? totally. The context. And, and I think that was so good about like Cersei Lannister. See, the more I think about Game of Thrones, how much Cersei goes up in my like favorite characters list. You know what I mean? Just because of, like, when you track her journey from season one, like, I was always against Cersei, but I never completely disliked her, you know? Yeah, she was one that you you definitely, like, uh, loved to hate, whereas Joffrey, you you just, you actually just physically hated, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you couldn't get away from, you you couldn't like him, you actually were, like, disgusted at Mm. times, on Tenley, like, would just see his face. But you've got more characters who are Cersei-like than I would say Joffrey-like at this point. But we'll just need to see oh, yeah, for sure. where people lie. But we also get that great shot at the end where, and I think Emma Darcy, this episode solidified her for me, um, where I was like, okay, you're Renera now. Like, and this is the best performance I think she gave in the season uh, mm-hmm. was in this episode. And that look at the camera at the end when she finds out what's happened, and you're just like, yeah. okay, now this is what happens when, a good, woman, when yeah. a good good woman goes to war, man. Like, you're you're gonna get something you've not seen before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people online. They're like, I will support whatever war crimes she commits now. <laughs> like, is it like what's happened to our son? But um, before we go, I actually I skipped over something because it didn't really fall into anything in terms of the episode. But we get Damon down in the the sort of crypts, and he sees he's looking for a dragon. He's singing. And a dragon emerges, and online it's been confirmed that this is Jaehaerys' dragon, uh, Vermifer, who's been without a rider for some time since uh, the king died, uh, who we met in the first episode. And I think he's the second largest dragon, so some big firepower uh, coming for the blacks. But also, you're talking about dragon action, like, again, that just looked better than anything we got in Game of Thrones when it comes to the dragons. Aye, no, 100%. Like, <coughs> setting up two houses that are going to, sorry, not two houses, actually, I mean, it's effectively the same house, but, <laughs> um, you know, two two factions going against each other, both dragon riders, like, it's it's what a show about dragons should be about, really, mm-hmm. you know? It's probably one of the most um, sort of sought-after eras that's been written. Um mm. You know, in fantasy, so okay, I'm just I'm just buzzing for it. I've really enjoyed that first season. And that's mm-hmm. like I feel like that's just a taste of what we're yeah. actually gonna get, you know. It's taking us um, to where we can go, isn't it? Like that's basically what it's done is this is all setting the table 
and now we're at the place where okay now we're just into the Targaryen civil war this is it this is what we're going to be getting at and that's what we're going to be doing so it's exciting but if you were to just give one character who who's the most what character you're most excited about seeing what they're going to do in season two who would it be I guess I, I would say probably Harrison actually Jace I just say mm. the scene um, he's going to acquire a dragon and he's going to have to step up a bit um, mm. see I, again I kind of know some of the things that goes forward so I don't oh, want to spoil much, but yeah involvement of just series I think um, be the most interesting uh, again yeah kind of interested to see what what Eamon can deliver again in the second season I would like to see mm. more of the buttonheads because I hate Aegon but um, yeah I wonder if he's going to have much more purpose or if he becomes a bit of a, like a Joffrey, you know. Totally. Well, you've you've stolen my answer of Jaehaerys. That, well, that was who I'm excited about. Mostly because, like, I know I'm going to get to see the Vale again. You know what I mean? I know I'm going to get to see Winterfell again uh, with his story and following that. I, I do. Try to think, like, who, who am I most excited to see what they're going to do? Like, Alison, I think, is just such a basic answer for me. But I want, who's the big Scottish guy who plays the, the Chief Kingsguard? Want him to come back? That, that's that's what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? I want him to choose his side because it feels like you know that's a that's a big free agent floating about the now. You know, so yep. <laughs> it'll be interesting yep. to see uh, where the big man goes, where the big man lies. Um, and if you want to hear more about um, our, our our Kingsguard friend uh, Kieran Doherty, um, cast him in one of his pitches um, released yesterday on the Halloween pitch battle episode. So make sure you go check that out. Um, yeah, I don't know what specifically will be out next time. Like, I might do a Big Mouth season six review, um, Andor's a wee while away from finishing. Um, which, Jack, I will say to you if you're not caught up with Andor, it is the Star Wars show I think you'll enjoy the most um, out of any that have been out. Um, I think it's phenomenal. Like, honestly, like, maybe Tots Mandalorian for me. So, give, give Andor a watch if you're not already on that train. Um, and also the ESSR crossover coming up. But until then, and until 2024, on this <laughs> Game of Thrones House of the Dragon review, it's goodbye from me and from Jack Higgins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See you in 2024. <laughs> <Tricaries>, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just a heartbeat.